0: Thank you.
1: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. Got a comment? Email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Cast your vote for the show on Podcast Alley, podcastalley.greatdetectives.net. And become a fan of the show on Facebook, facebook facebook.greatdetectives.net. More than 160 fans. Uh, You're welcome to join in. I believe we're, we're going to see about bringing you another special uh, around the time of our 150th episode. So that would be, uh, if everything goes well, would be three uh, weeks from Saturday, uh, or two weeks from Saturday, excuse me. And this one, it's not as special as uh, Maltese Falcon, but I found it pretty interesting, and it also stars Alan Ladd as a detective. Uh, so uh, be looking for that. Before we get into today's show, I do want to remind you about Audible. Uh, continuing to listen to and enjoy The Shadow, Not of Darkness. A uh, and The Shadow is a fascinating series. It it is a challenge to. Uh, classify. At times, it has elements of detective fiction. It looks, most of the time, like a superhero show, but also has some uh, even some elements of horror and science fiction in it. Uh, so, a fascinating show. And um, we've got Right on our site, um, a link where you can purchase Shadow, the Shadow, not a Darkness, from Audible with two never-before-released episodes of the Shadow starring Orson Welles. It's a great 18-episode set, and I've mentioned before there are three ways you can get it. Either click the link to uh, try out a two-week risk-free trial, or uh, do what I call the extended trial, seven ninety-five a month for the first three months, or just buy it all a la carte. Go to greatdetectives.net, your options are there, and ma- make your uh, choice in terms of what you want to do. Alright, well we're going to get into today's episode of Box 13. This one uh, is actually the episode... Um, When I'm listening to a longer series like Box 13, something that there's more than 20 or 30 episodes to, uh, I generally will listen to, say, the first three episodes, and then I'll pick one episode kind of in the middle to see if the show maintains its quality. And so this was my uh, test episode for uh, Box 13. I really enjoyed it, and there was no doubt in my mind we were going to do the show after listening to that. So let's go ahead and we're going to get into today's episode of Box 13 Hairs and Hounds.
0: Box 13 with the star of Paramount Pictures, Alan Ladd, as Dan Holliday. <laughs>
2: You idiot, you fool. You let him get away. I did not, Worker. What could I do? He was in the post office. Did he have the envelope? Of course he did. He sent them to someone. Sent them? And he's got away. Oh, Staley, you are an idiot. No, not quite. Look, I've got a blotter. Well, what good's that? Look, in the mirror. What he wrote on the envelope was on the blotter.
3: Hmm.
2: Well, at least you used your head. Now, see if we can read it. Box 13, Care of Star Times. Box 13, Star Times. There's no start times in this city. Ah, uh, but there is in the city he sent his letter to. You're right. Well, we'll find him later. But first, I think I can get what we want from this
3: Box 13.
0: And now, back to Box 13, and Dan Holliday's newest adventure, Heron Hound.
4: Okay, I'll see you later, then. So long.
3: Hello, Mr.
4: Holliday. Oh, hi, Susie. Got the mail?
3: Uh-huh. And I... What do you got there?
4: Eight nice, new, counterfeit $5 bills.
3: How'd you get them?
4: Well, you see, I had my eyes closed when they were passed on to me. I'm turning them over later to the police. Hmm. Now, how about the mail?
3: Oh, here. And you know, Mr. Holliday, I had the funniest feeling while I was coming back here at the office from the Star Time. What do you mean? I... I had a kind of demolition.
4: You mean you blew your top? Huh? (laughs) What do you mean, demolition?
3: You know, like like when you think something's happening or going to happen.
4: Oh, premonition. I had it. Why?
3: I I felt like I was being followed. I felt eyes looking at me when I was in the Star Times getting the mail.
4: (laughs) And you were followed?
3: It felt like it.
4: Okay, that makes you a big girl now. Let's have the mail, huh?
3: Yes, sir. Twelve letters. Slim pickings. It was such a funny feeling.
4: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, look here. An out-of-town letter.
3: I know. I thought... Oh!
4: A little nervous this morning, Susie. Uh, I guess so. Come in. Oh,
3: uh,
2: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, may I come in? Oh, please do. Uh, I hope this is not too much of an intrusion, but I... <laughs>
4: may I do something for you?
2: Well, maybe... Is this your advertisement in the Star Times? Adventure wanted, will go any place. do anything, Box 13? That's right. So you are Box 13? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I had a different picture of you, Mr... Uh, Mr... Uh... Holiday. Dan Holiday. Oh, my name is Worker, Thomas Worker.
3: <gasps> oh, I saw you at the Star Times. You were the one who was looking at me. Yes,
2: I guess I was.
3: You followed me.
2: It was charming work.
3: And, and you... Oh, thank you.
4: May I ask why you follow my secretary, Mr. Worker?
2: Uh, Curiosity. You see, I've been noticing your ad for weeks now. It runs day after day. Naturally, I wanted to see you, uh, what you look like, and and why you put the ad in the paper.
4: Oh, is that all?
2: Yes, that's all. (laughs) Foolish? No. Tell me, Mr. Holliday, do you get the adventure you advertise for? Sometimes. Do you receive many replies to your ad?
4: Usually, yes.
2: But you cannot follow them all.
4: Well, no. Do you have any particular reason for asking all these questions, Mr. Worker?
2: No, but I lead such a prosaic life myself that your ad intrigued me. I, I finally got up enough courage to go to the Star Times and wait for someone to collect the mail from Box
4: 13. Mm, I see. And now that you found me...
2: I... Well... Perhaps you'd care to have dinner with me some evening and, and tell me some of your adventures. Oh, I'd like to hear them very much. I I'm very lonely and and All right, Mr. Wicker. I'd be glad to. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, now I must be going. Sorry to have troubled you. And I, I hope I didn't frighten you, young lady.
3: Oh, no. It was kind of fun. Oh, oh,
2: oh my umbrella. <laughs> One can never tell when it might rain. Well, good day, Mr. Holliday, and thank you so much. Don't bother to get up.
3: I'll look you up in the phone book and call you.
2: Please do. Goodbye.
3: What a nice man.
4: Uh Uh-huh. Funny old duck. Well, let's open the mail, Susie, and... Hey.
3: Huh? What's the matter?
4: Where's that letter from out of town?
3: It's right on top of the pile where you put it.
4: But it's not a... a...
3: What's the matter, Mr. Holliday? He's gone. What do you mean? Sure he's gone, and...
4: And that letter went with him.
3: (gasps) Oh! He took
4: it. His umbrella was on top of the pile. Oh, what a nice old man.
3: Gee, he stole the letter.
4: Yeah, and something tells me, Susie, that Mr. Worker will never invite me to have that dinner with him. Sure, Worker took the letter. But why? What was in it? Why was it so important? And who sent it? Well, I kept asking myself those questions, and then three days after that little visit from workers, Susie came bursting into the office.
3: Oh, Mr. Holliday, look. Here's another letter from the same place. I mean, it looks like the same handwriting.
4: Yeah, it does. Hey, Susie. Huh? You weren't followed this time, were you?
3: Uh-uh. I made sure. Oh, good. What's the say, Mr. Holliday?
4: Listen. Three days ago, I sent you a letter containing a sealed envelope. It contained half of something, which is very important to me. It was imperative that I get rid of it until I could get to safety. Gee. I'm all right now, so send the sealed envelope to 243 Marlowe Avenue, Bridgeport. Arthur Holmes.
3: Now what are you going to do, Mr. Holiday?
4: Do? Well, I can't send him the envelope because I haven't got it. Mm. And I can't find Mr. Worker because I've got a sneaking hunch that he'll be a little scarce.
3: Maybe you better write to Mr. Holmes.
4: Oh, no, Susie. This looks too good to be handled by a letter. I'm going to find out a few things by seeing Mr. Holmes in person. I went to Bridgeport, found two forty three Marlowe Avenue. It was an apartment house. There was no clerk at the desk, but there was a tier of mailboxes. One of them belonged to Arthur Holmes in apartment six B. So a couple of minutes later. Mr. Holmes. Oh, Mr. Holmes. I tried the door. It wasn't locked. The apartment was dark. I was fumbling for the light switch when...
3: Oh!
4: If I say I was fresh as a daisy after that thump on my head, I'd never get to be the father of my country. I was lying on the floor. The room was still dark except for a flashing light that came from a store sign across the street. I lay there for a minute to give the room a little time to stop spinning, then, then I realized I was holding something in my hand. And from where I lay, it felt like a gun.
3: I was just crawling
4: to my feet when...
3: Mr. Holmes! Hmm. I've come with the fresh towels. Mr. Holmes!
4: I wanted to clear up a lot more before anyone found me. I ducked behind the door and waited.
3: Hmm. Mr. Holmes? <laughs> I
4: why did she scream well who wouldn't the room was a shamble someone had searched it and lying on the bed in an alcove was a man who certainly would have no further interest in me or anything else there was a hole in his forehead and I was sure I held the gun that put it there sure I was innocent but I'd have a hard time proving that figure it out I received the letter from Holmes. Instead of writing, I went to him. I didn't wait for the clerk in the building to call up first. I ducked behind the door when the cleaning woman came in. Yeah, maybe I should have gone to the police right away, but I was innocent. And I wanted to learn a bit more. Besides, the cleaning woman reported the murder. So, a half hour later, I was drinking a cup of coffee in an all-night hamburger and that stand. Winds
3: up the late news for
2: tonight. The next edition of the new... Oh, just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. We have a last-minute flash. A murder was committed tonight in the Roxmore Apartments. Police are looking for a man who answers this description. Medium height, light hair, wearing dark gray flannel suit, blue and white striped necktie, black shoes, carrying light tan topcoat. The description of the wanted man was given to the police by the clerk, who remembers this man asking for the apartment of the murdered man, Arthur Holmes. And that's all for tonight.
3: The next edition of the news... Another murder, hear it, Mister? Yeah. Getting so a person can't feel safe no more.
4: You're so right.
3: More coffee?
4: No, no thanks, no thanks.
3: Pie, Kate? Nothing, thank you. Yeah, they ought to get that guy that done it pretty soon. You think so? Sure. He ain't gonna get far. Well, every cop in the city will be looking for a guy wearing a gray suit with blue and. Wh-
4: yeah, you're you're right. Uh, okay, here's your dime.
3: Yeah, Yo, thanks. What's the matter? You don't say it. What are you going to do? Walk out of here? Sure, sure.
4: You stay right where you are and you won't get hurt. Just keep talking to me.
3: Mister, I ain't got nothing to say.
4: Then don't say it.
3: Sure, sure.
4: <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I didn't kill that man.
3: Well, I ain't said you did. The police said it. They could be wrong. Sure, they could be wrong.
4: Yeah, that's right. Stay right where you are. Don't say a word to either of the other two in here until I'm out of sight. Understand?
3: Sure, sure. Good night, mister. Come again. Hey, that's the guy. Somebody
4: call the police. Hey, taxi.
2: Taxi. Know where the park is? Yeah, sure. We'll drive to it fast. Yeah. Hey, stop that guy. Hey, stop stop that guy.
3: Yeah. Come
4: in. What's all that noise about? I haven't the least idea. Park, huh? Okay. I'd sure like to know what
2: all that noise was about.
4: Now they're playing a game. Huh? Mm-hmm. Sure. Hare and Hounds, ever hear of it?
2: Oh, yeah,
4: yeah. I played it when I was a kid. Huh. Then I've got news for you. It's no longer a kid's game. Mistake number two for smart boy Holiday. Another notch against me. I ran from the hamburger stand. Well, that would look bad. But I've got one bad fault, among others. I'm, I'm very curious. And I was so curious to know how and why the clerk at the apartment house identified me when he didn't even see me. But if somebody paid him off to enlarge this beautiful frame around my neck, well, we'd see.
2: Hey, uh, mister, are you, I've been thinking. Ain't that hare and hounds game a little young for grown-ups?
4: I told you it wasn't a kid's game anymore.
2: The whole world's gone nuts.
4: We agree. Say, uh, pull up here, will you?
0: I thought you wanted to go to the park. Well, it's dark there. Huh? Well, it's dark all over. It gets that way at night, mister.
4: Maybe you've got something there. Oh, pull up here by the drugstore. Hey, you are, Keep the chains. Hey, a fiber. Well, thanks, buddy. No, don't mention it. I won't.
2: Not even to the
3: missus.
4: When the cab drove away, I then went into the drugstore to the phone booth. I looked up the Roxmore Apartments in the book and dialed the number. Is Eddie there? Eddie. He's the clerk there, isn't he? Who? Charlie. Charlie, who? Madison? No, Eddie's the clerk there. I. Okay, okay. Keep you, Charlie. Madison. Madison. Charles Madison. There were three Charles Madisons in the book. Okay. Maybe one of the three was the one I wanted. I left the drugstore and went back out at the street. And as I did, the cab I just got out of drove up.
2: Hey, you! Hey, you, wait
4: a minute! Well, this was it. Hey, you! So, you want to play Heron Hounds, too, huh? Well, I'm sorry, but I warned you. Now, wait a minute! It's no longer a kid's game, not the
0: way I play <laughs> to Heron Hounds, another Box 13 adventure with Alan Ladd as Dan
4: Hollander. Well, well, I was adding black marks against my name faster than I could explain them away. And I knew the police would be listening in on the Roxmore switchboard. I hope my act had worked. Now all I had to do was find the right Charlie Madison and get his story. An hour and a half and two Charlie Madisons later. Uh Uh-huh, I'm Charlie Madison. Clerk at the Roxmore? Yeah, why? I'm I'm a writer. I'd like to get your story. Oh, sure, sure. Come on in. You're married, Mr. Madison? No. You live alone? Sure, sure. Swell, huh? Get your coat and hat, Charlie. Huh? What for? I'll feel safer out on the street uh, away from here. I don't get it. Don't you recognize me, Charlie? What are you giving me? I never saw you before in my life. For a guy who never saw me before in his life, you give a pretty accurate description to the police.
0: You... You're... Yeah.
4: Yeah, I am. Help! Now, listen, Charlie. You're not going to get hurt if you play good boy. Don't try another yell.
2: You're breaking my arm.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. one more peep out of you and I'll work my way up to your neck.
2: What do you want from me?
4: Information. Now, come on. I want to be out of here when the police arrive. Let's go, Charlie. I'm right behind you. And I've got a gun. Sure, sure. Is there a back way out of here? Uh,
3: turn, turn to the right.
4: What does the Sally lead to? To the street. Then we go the other way. Oh,
2: listen, I... Maybe I made a mistake.
3: Maybe you ain't the guy I saw.
4: I know that, Sally. There are other things. All right, stop here. It's dark enough.
2: <laughs> what are you going to do?
4: Nothing. You're going to talk. Now, what do you know about Holmes?
2: Nothing. You only lived at the Rocksmore two days.
4: Just moved in? Yeah. Now, who paid you to identify me? Nobody. No? Uh, who paid you? I
2: don't know who he was.
4: Was his name Worker?
2: I don't know. Honest, I don't know.
4: With his short, gray hair, little mustache? Yeah. His name's Worker, isn't
2: it? I don't know his name.
4: I guess you don't. But he paid you to say... You saw me go into the Holmes apartment, huh? I, uh, Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let me go. Oh, no, Charlie. We've got work to do. Where's the nearest payphone? Down the street on the corner. Okay, I'll furnish the nickel and you furnish the talk.
2: I don't get it. What do you want me to do now?
4: Help me smoke this work out into the open. What for? I told you, Charlie. I didn't kill Holmes. But I'd have a tough time making anyone believe that after the ring around the Rosie I played tonight. Work is the boy I want. Now get moving. I remember what you're going to say, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, sure. The police will trace this call. Don't let them make you repeat anything. It's a trick to hold you here until they can trace where this call comes from. Just say what I Shh, sh-
2: Hello, police? This is Charles Madison. Listen, there's something else I didn't tell you. There's another man in the Holmes murder, and... I said there's...
4: Don't repeat. Keep talking. Look for a man below medium height. Gray hair. Little mustache. I I don't know his name. But he carries an
2: umbrella and he wears glasses. That's all. What? Hang up. He didn't hear the last part.
4: He heard it all right. Let's get out of here.
2: Can I go home now?
4: Oh, no, Charlie. I'm beginning to be real fond of you.
2: What are you going to do now?
4: Uh, you like taxi cabs, Charlie? Huh? We're going to ride in one cab after another until the morning papers come out. What for? The papers will carry the latest in the Holmes murder, including your description of the mysterious little man with gray hair, whose name is Worker. But,
2: but Worker will come after me.
4: Ah, now you're beginning to be bright about the whole thing. You kill me. Yeah. Like he did Holmes.
0: Oh, you won't let him. you got to let me go. You
4: know, Charlie, I can't seem to work up a flood of tears for you. You frame me for money. I wouldn't have had a chance if the cleaning woman had seen me in Holmes's apartment with this gun in my hand. Well, I- I'll say I lied. Think a minute, Charlie. If you do that, it'll make you an accessory after the fact. What's that mean? Simply that the police would hold you equally as guilty as worker. Or me.
0: Well, then what'll I do?
4: You know, Charlie, I'm a very curious minded person. I could go to the police, but I'd rather play it through my way. Smoke Worker out in the open and see what this is all about. But how? Well, as long as Worker knows you can identify him, he'll try to find you, get you. But if you don't go to the police, he'll know you're around somewhere, Charlie. By the way, Charlie, how does it feel to be another hare in the game? <laughs> Up here, driver. Come on, Charlie. You tired of riding? It's almost day. Yeah. Stack of morning papers on the corner. Here you are, driver. Keep the change. Charlie, there's nothing gloomier than a city just before dawn. Hmm. I get one of those papers. Uh, Where are we going then? Who knows? I've seen the whole city. Go on, get the paper. Tied up. Untie them. Yeah. Here you are. Did you leave a nickel? Huh? You have a dishonest streak in you, Charlie. Come on, leave a nickel for the paper. All right, down this alley. Okay, in this doorway. Now we'll see what the papers have to say. Well, you're in, Charlie. Listen. Mysterious disappearance of Charles Madison has led the police to suspect foul play. See, Charlie?
0: What else does it say?
4: Uh, Oh, here it is. Madison called the police late last night with another tip in the murder of Arthur Holmes. Madison volunteered the description of another man whose name he said he did not know. Meanwhile, police revealed Holmes...
2: What's the matter? Why would you stop?
4: Meanwhile, police revealed Holmes' real name to be Albert Henning former draftsman at the Bull Mill Aircraft Company. Henning disappeared over a week ago, and executives of the aircraft company stated that Henning was suspected of having taken micro-photographs of plans for the Navy's new twin-jet fighter. He... he was a spy. Uh Uh-huh. And that's what he sent to Box 13. He didn't want to be caught with the photographs on him, so he used me as a hideout until he could send for them.
2: I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is we got to go to the police now.
4: You're so right, Charlie. You're so right. Come on, I'm through playing games. This has grown a little bigger than Box 13. Both of
2: you, stay where you are. It's him. It's, it's Worker. Yeah. Uh, don't try to use your gun, Mr. Holliday.
4: It's not my gun. It's yours. The one you killed
2: Henning or Holmes with. That's right. How'd you find us? Simple. You see, uh, Mr. Holliday, when I heard over the radio that you would escape from Holmes' apartment... I was a little worried. I knew you'd read or heard about this fool giving your description. I thought you might go to him and perhaps to the police. Yes,
4: as I should have in the first place.
2: That's right, but you didn't. (laughs) I'm glad you like adventure. So, I watched Madison's place, and i have been following you all night to see what you were going to do. And now? (laughs) Do you want a guess? No. (laughs) You made it perfect for me. As perfect as Henning did when he double-crossed us and tried to sell those photographs for a higher price. Perfect for you? Yes. Think of this. Here you are in an alleyway with the only man who identified you as the murderer of Mr. Holmes. Now, you still have the gun, and I'll take it. And be careful how you hand it to me. Please, hurry. Ah, uh, Thank you. Now, I shoot Mr. Madison first, and then you. And how does it look?
4: Pretty smart, but it looks as though... It's
2: my idea, let me tell it. It was a struggle, shooting, and both of you are dead. Oh, it has flaws, but not glaring ones. Don't, don't. I'll I'll swear I lied to the police, Mr. Worker. I'll say, Holiday killed Holmes. Honest, I will. Oh? (laughs) Better still... I will give you this gun, Madison, and you will shoot Holliday while I stand in back of you. And then you will go to the police and say you got the gun away from him when he was going to kill you. Here. Now, once you kill our friend, Mr. Holliday, you will be a murderer and you will have to keep your mouth shut. So go ahead, Mr. Madison. Pull the trigger. Come on, pull it.
4: Don't do it, Madison. Don't do it.
2: Worker can't make two shootings look right. Either you pull the trigger, Madison, or I do. It's a little better to live than to die. Hurry, you idiot! I... You won't kill me? No, no. There would be no need for it unless you talk and you won't. Madison, don't. Hey, you down there. Who the...
4: is the police? Hit the ground, Madison. Fast!
0: You stop. All right, you asked for it.
4: Nice shooting, officer. Very nice. All right, you two. Get up off the ground. And believe me, I'm very happy to be able to do just that. What's the matter with the other guy? Hmm? <laughs> Nothing. Things were a little too much for him. He passed That's off. That's
2: a guy, officer. That's a guy. Okay, okay, you
4: guys stand back.
2: All right. Officer, what
4: kept you? Are you
2: kidding? We've been tracing you all night. One taxi driver after another, one cab after another. You think you're going to get away with passing those phony fives all over town? That's right.
4: (laughs) No, I didn't. That's why I passed them out. What? You know, officer, you have a very efficient police force. Oh, uh, thanks, boys.
2: You mean you you gave out them phony fins on purpose?
4: Uh Uh-huh. A very definite purpose. I don't get it. You
2: think it's funny, huh? Well, see how hard you can laugh at headquarters.
4: Officer, I've never been so happy to be arrested. And, boys... Yeah. I'll match every phony five with a good ten. Come on, let's go. Hello? Hello, Susie. Mr.
3: Holiday. Gee, where are you? I was worried.
4: You were worried? Now listen, Susie, I'm in jail. Yes,
3: sir. you what?
4: Yeah, get a hold of Lieutenant Kling. Tell him I've got to talk to him.
3: But why
4: are you in jail? It's a long story, Susie. I'll tell you all about it when I get back. But technically, the charge is passing counterfeit money.
3: Mr. Holliday, you should be ashamed of yourself. All you had to do was open a charge
4: account. Oh, no. Good
0: night,
3: Susie. <laughs> Next week,
0: same time, through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures... Alan Ladd stars as Dan Holliday in Box 13. Box 13 is directed by Richard Sandville with an original story by Russell Hughes. Original music is composed and conducted by Rudy Schrager. The part of Susie is played by Sylvia Picker. Production is supervised by Vern Carstensen. Box 13 is a Mayfair production from Hollywood. Watch for Alan Ladd in his latest Paramount picture.
1: Welcome back! What a great episode uh, to me. This is the way. Uh, this is radio writing at its absolute best. Well done by Alan Ladd. Uh, really, uh, pr- probably one of my favorites in the series. The uh, the only one that I, I I think comes close to this one so far. Uh, was book of poems that was that was great uh but this one this is um like I said it's just absolute best so great performance great show loved it all right well we've got um I'm, we're gonna start uh starting tomorrow we're gonna talk about some of the writers of these shows we haven't talked about them a lot um and actually, I found the one of the writers of Jeff Regan. Uh, is actually still living and uh, only uh, only a couple hundred miles away from me. So I'll tell you all about that tomorrow on Jeff Regan. Um, we'll be back uh, next week with another thrilling episode of Box 13. If uh, you got any comments, email me, box13 at net. Cast your vote for the show on Podcast Alley, podcastalley.greatdetectives.net. And you can follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives from Boise, Idaho, This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.